Hey everyone, welcome to the Naz Church Weekly Message Podcast. Here, you will listen to the preaching pastors from the Naz in Grove City, Ohio. We pray that you are inspired by their teachings. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. God, we're humbled that uh, you, the God of our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Mary, David, these heroes of the faith, God, that you walked with, Lord, you walked just as closely with us. So God, we come before you boldly today. God, with hearts ready to receive what you have for us. Lord, we come before you today and we believe that you're going to bring salvation in this place. God, that you're going to work miracles here. God, that you're going to call people from death to life. God, that you're going to move in empty spaces and you're going to begin new things. And so, Father, as we examine your word, Lord, my prayer is simple. Our prayer is simple. Oh, speak to us. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you're doing. Transform us into your image. Take us as we are, Lord Jesus, and do what only you can do. We ask this in the name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. Well, you guys can go ahead and be seated this morning. It's good to be with you. In fact, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and open your Bible up right away to Genesis chapter 12. And uh, I have to ask you, church, are you ready to receive the word of the Lord today? Yes, are you excited for God to speak to you through his word, right? Because we believe this is one of the primary ways that God chooses to do that, not through my words and my stories, because I'm just going to be honest with you, on Tuesday, you're probably going to say, what did he talk about again? That doesn't happen to you, right? But one of the promises we have of God, though, is when his word is spoken, communicated, preached, or whatever, when it's lived out, that it actually goes out and it transforms lives that it doesn't return void or empty or without purpose, but it actually goes and transforms our lives. And I want you to know this, that Jesus wants to transform your life today through his word. He wants to meet you right where you are and do amazing things there. Uh, And so if you're ready today, church, say, I'm ready. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm ready. Say, let's go. All right, man, I'm I'm sorry, I'm excited. Uh, I'm ready to spend some time with you today. We're gonna be in Genesis chapter 12. Uh, We're gonna start in verse one. And let me give you a little background here. One of our forefathers in the faith that we call Abraham, there was a time in scripture where he wasn't called Abraham, he was called Abram. So we're going to talk about Abram today. And we're in Genesis chapter 12, we've been working through the book of Genesis together, which is the first book in our Bible of the Old Testament. And we've worked through the story of creation, how God spoke the universe into creation. 
And then we worked through the, the flood story a little bit. And last week we were at the Tower of Babel, right? A bunch of these stories that you may have heard or learned growing up. And now we're at the call. Everyone say call. We're at the call of Abram. Where God shows up to this man and we're not totally sure how God speaks to him. Because we find uh, that when God speaks the universe into existence, bam, God speaks and it happens. And then God knew Adam and Eve, and the Bible said he would walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening in the garden. There was such a close relationship that he would walk with them. And we find in the story of Noah that God would spend time with Noah, and the Bible says that God was close with Noah, that Noah knew the heart of God. And we're not totally sure how God speaks to Abram. I want to think uh, that there was this loud, booming voice from heaven, Abram. Like a deep voice, you know what I mean? Like that, That's what I, I, I choose to believe. It's not really written in scripture. But we do know that God speaks to Abram. And he says this in verse one. It says, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family. And I'm gonna stop there. Can you imagine if God showed up and said that? Hey, here's what I want you to do. You know that family you love? I want you to leave them. I want you to leave all the people you know. I want you to leave all of your plans and your dreams and all of these other things. And I want you to, uh, and your family and all this stuff, and go to the land that I'll show you. Drop everything and go. And he says, if you do this, I'll make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All of the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left. 75 years old, hasn't had a kid, and God looks at him and says, I'm going to make you a great nation. We'll get to that in a second. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all of his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran, and headed for the land of Canaan. Abram's call. And, and this is what I got to tell you. I, I'm, I'm super amped to talk about this message today because I think we're going to talk about a question we've all had. What gives my life purpose? What is my call? What makes life make sense? Because I can tell you this, that in a, in a post-COVID world, a lot of things have been shaken up and people are walking around asking these questions. How many people want to say, yeah, that's me. I've asked those questions. I'm not totally sure what my purpose is or my call or different things like that. You could be here today and you could be in a, uh, a season of transition. Things are changing. Maybe you just graduated high school, graduated college or you're looking at a, a career switch, or you're getting married, or you're stepping into one of these seasons, stepping into retirement, and you're asking God, what do you want to do? God, what do you want to do in my life? And culturally, we call it the call. Now, I am going to date myself a little bit today, because I brought this thing up here. And... Uh, Believe it or not, there are a generation of people in this church right now that have never used one of these things. So bear with me. The 90s were rough. 
Because I think about a call, and I don't know if, if maybe your household was like this, but my mom made sure that we had a specific phrase we used when we answered the call. Because it was always an exciting thing when the phone rang. Morrison's residence, this is David, how may I help you? <laughs> Did any of you guys have to like say certain things when you answered the call as kids, right? And then they'd be like, oh, oh, so this is Mr. So-and-so. Oh, you want to talk to my dad? Do you want to talk to them? Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Uh, my dad is unavailable right now. May I take a message, please? Or let's talk about another form of call. 16 years old, entering the dating pool. <laughs> this is getting real, okay? You give her your number, and she says, I'll call you later. Well, you better believe that I lived right next to this thing. For hours waiting for the call because I had to get to it first because if my brother got to it, it was going to be bad. It would call and I would get to it first. And you get the longest cord you can. Hey, sugar bear. How are you? I don't want them to hear what I'm saying. Because they'll make fun of me. And while we're in the conversation, I hear... And I was like, put the phone down, right? Someone is up on the other line with the phone listening to the conversation. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, so for those of you that this is a new concept to and I just sounded like a really old man, imagine this. Imagine you give your number to someone or you text them and they leave you on red. And you're waiting and waiting and waiting for a reply. A lot of times it's like that as it relates to our call. Or we feel it that way. That we think that when it comes to call, when God gives us purpose and shows us direction for our life, that we need to stand by the phone. And then maybe we'll hear something. Maybe God will speak. Maybe randomly God will show up and say something to us. Have you ever felt that way before? You see, as we ask this question, what is my call? I did what all rational human beings do. I Googled it. How do I find my call? Well, I found lots of cool blogs. And I wish I could tell you the Bible was the first thing that popped up, but it wasn't. I had to scroll right way down to the bottom of the page to find that. And these were some of the pieces of advice that they had. Follow your dreams. Consider your epitaph, not your resume. For those of you don't know what that is, that's the uh, sentence they used to put on gravestones. One of them said this, and I thought it was really funny. It said, if you don't know what to do with your life, 
Walk around a library for a while, pick up random books, and maybe you'll find something that sparks your interest. I was like, I actually may do that. I don't know. <laughs> it says, try new things. Be patient. Right? Like, but, and those things are all good, but the question I have is, what does a God-sized call look like? What is God calling us to? And, and is it different than some of these other things that we find uh, out here in the world because I believe that God has a purpose for you? And let me say this to you. From my heart, that God has a call for your life. Do you know that? That God has a purpose for your life. That he has something special he wants to do through you. I want you to think about that. What does that, what does that look like? And I don't believe that finding your call is as elusive as you think it is. It's not like waiting by a phone, hoping it rings, and then, you know, yes, Lord. Morrison's residence, this is David. Uh, oh, okay, you want me to sell everything and move to Puerto Rico? Okay, cool, thanks. That's not how it works, even though we kind of wish God would do that sometimes, don't we? You see, one of the best ways I know to explain calling our lives is to kind of differentiate between two things. There's something called a general call and a specific call, okay? Uh, and so if you've zoned out for the past few minutes, I need you to zone back in here, right? Uh, because this is really, really important. There's a, a difference here. And, and so I wrote down a definition, and I want you to focus in on this. This is what it says. The general call of God is one that is for all people, regardless of their situation and circumstances, It's for all people, regardless of their situation and their circumstances. But a specific call is one for you from God that uses your pain, your passions, your experiences to accomplish this purpose for you, God's purpose for you, and therefore walk in his promises. And it might be a little easier if you see it like this, because there is a general call for all people, no matter who you are, where you're born, what your life experiences are, there are certain things that we all have to walk in, and this is God's desire for us. Uh, number one is this, God calls for all people to know and follow Jesus, no matter what. God has called all people unto himself, right? The Bible says that it's not God's will that anyone should perish, which is why we have this famous verse in John three sixteen that God so loved the world uh, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life, right? And, and then later on, uh, before Jesus ascended to heaven, he gave this great commission to his followers, and he says, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And, and this is the next general call, that God calls for those who follow Jesus to lead others to him. So I'm telling you, you don't need to wait for a hotline phone call from God to do those two things. That God calls each and every one of us to be in relationship with God. That's why Jesus died, so that we could be in relationship with God. And secondly, he calls each and every one of us to point people towards Jesus and show them how to follow Jesus with our lives. That's the general call, right? When you do those things, you are walking in calling. Okay? The next one is specific. And I would say it's really simple. It's this. How God uses my life to help accomplish general call one and two. What is my specific call? 
My specific call is how God deems it necessary or important for some reason, and it blows my mind that God would take someone like me and someone like you and say, hey, my story, what I'm doing to redeem humanity, my desire to know other people, actually, hey, I could take care of all that on my own, but I'd really like to bring you into the process of it. That our specific call is related to our ability or our desire or passion or whatever, how God uses these things that have happened in my life for people to get to know Jesus. Uh, in fact, I, I'm gonna share a few calling stories with you today. Uh, I've had a number of them this week with conversations with people that I have not asked permission to share. So if you talk to me throughout the week, be careful, you might get put on blast on a Sunday morning. I'm kidding, it'll, it'll be fair, kinda. But a cool story that I was talking to someone, uh, there was a, a saint in our church, a woman that had brain surgery. Brain surgery, we're like praying like crazy and like when you're in that phase of life and you have brain surgery, it's just like, Nuts, and I was at the Grove City Christian soccer game. And she said, hey, Pastor David. And I'm like, you just had surgery. And she's like, I know, I'm up like moving around. I'm good, God is good, God is faithful. And she's like, hey, let me tell you what. I was like, please tell me. She proceeds to tell me that she's like, guess what I did when I was in the hospital? And, and, and I regret that I don't remember the exact number, but I can tell you this number is less than the number she told me, I think. And she's like, I led six people to Jesus while I was in the hospital. Like, what? She's like, oh, yeah, this person, this person, and this person, God sent me to that place. I know I had to get brain surgery, but really he sent me to lead people to Jesus. Woo. Talk about walking and calling. We sat in another hospital room this week where uh, a friend of ours is, fighting cancer and everything that goes along with it and their attitude and their heart was incredible and the way that they talked to people, it was just different. That's walking and calling. You know that? That's what it looks like to walk and live out a, a called life. And I can tell you this, and this is a soapbox issue for me, and so I don't know that you'll find this in scripture, but I'm just gonna say it. Is that mom and dads and grandparents, aunts and uncles, whoever, I think one of your greatest callings in life is to the next generation and the people that you help raise. That you could have a stinky job that you don't love, but man, you could raise your kids to love and follow Jesus, and that's the greatest calling you could have on your life especially as it relates to calling. And I hope I, I'm starting to take calling and help everyone understand, I think, maybe a little bit more of what God's ideas of callings are. But you may say, what about me specifically? What about me specifically? What about my specific calling? And one of the things that I've come to realize is that some specific callings are permanent and some are seasonal. We're entering into Ohio's best weather of the year. Does anyone agree with me that this is the most wonderful time? Of the, I mean, I'm, I'm down for Christmas, but like, you know what I'm saying? Most wonderful time of the year, right? Got to break out the flannel today. Got to sit around my first fire this week and got to break out the s'mores and, and, and do different. Man, it's just a wonderful time of the year. I love Ohio because of the seasons that are here. 
And one of the things I've discovered about call, and I think it's a great fear that we all have as it relates to God's call, especially a specific call, is that if God calls us specifically, that that means that we're going to be stuck doing something for the rest of our lives. And sometimes that may be the case. But the truth is that I've found that often God works in seasons and he calls us to do specific things in specific seasons. That God may be working in your situation right now and calling you to do something specific in this season that maybe a few years down the road you may not have to do. But God needs you and calls you there for that place and for that purpose, right? And and so I had a few uh, calling conversations this week. One of them was around that campfire, sitting out back and sitting around the fire, and I said, where's God leading you? What is is God doing in your life? And, And he just said, David, I don't need to know the next 50 years of my life. I'll take the next five or 10 I'll take the next year because I just want to see what God wants to do right now. Um, I, I ran into someone else and we were having another conversation and around a piece of pizza from the NAS Cafe. It was wonderful. You should check it out after church if you want. Shameless plug there, right? The meat lover's pizza is good. And uh, he said, David, I'm about a year out from retirement. He said, in this next season of my life, I just want to do whatever the Lord wants me to do and nothing else. He said, I've worked to make money and stuff like that, but I just want to spend the rest of my life serving the Lord in that season. Prayed with another one that the Lord specifically is calling him to leave his job to go pursue a path that God has for him. It's like, whoa, Lord. Like, are you, are, are, are you sure? But I think it's seasonal, right? That God moves and works in different times and places, and we don't always understand why, but we trust the Lord, and we find this in the story of Abram uh, in the next part of Genesis chapter 12, where he goes into Canaan, and we find that he goes to at least three different locations, that the Lord would speak to him in one place, He would offer a sacrifice, and then he would move to the next place, offer a sacrifice, and then finally he would move to another place, and we find that God leads him all throughout the land of Canaan. Never at all would I imagine, because I thought if God was saying, hey, I'm going to send you to Canaan, all right, dude, hey, go build the city, stay here, never move. But that's not how God works. In fact, I've learned that uh, my call has shifted a little bit over the years. When the Lord brought me here, um, it's kind of, uh, kind of funny, but uh, I'll just tell you it. Uh, there was this, I just graduated college, and I'm going to be honest with you, church, I sent my resume to so many churches that I couldn't even get a, a phone call back. I always thought it was easier to get a job than that. And so I found out that Grove City Christian School was hiring a position. So I made a phone call and I applied for the position. This is several years ago. And uh, looked at my wife and I said, we got to move back to Columbus. We were in Tennessee at the time. Beautiful country, love Tennessee. 
And I don't know what I was thinking, and I don't generally recommend this, because then I went in shortly thereafter uh, to Lowe's Home Improvement Center, where I was actually working outside Lawn and Garden, went to my boss and said, hey, there's a job waiting for me back in Grove City, Ohio, and I need to quit, because I have to move back there. There was no job promise to me. I just, like, applied, and I thought, man, shoo it, got this thing, right? Got to do this. Got back here and found out there were way more people that applied for the job than I realized and had this whoops panic moment. Um, But then through a miracle, they hired me. And I'm not telling you to like quit your jobs and move across the country, okay? But one of the things I've learned about calling is that calling is often accompanied by a request that you take a step of faith. That God isn't going to say, hey, just do this thing and you can do it on your own power. God is actually going to look at you and say, hey, you can do this, but you're not going to be able to do it on your own strength. And I'm going to call you to do something that may seem ridiculous in the eyes of the world, but you need to trust me. Because on the other side of that is my promise. Where those are God's promises that God requires and requests faith steps out of us, knowing that something, sometimes things are going to be seasonal, right? So I, I was able to work as a Bible teacher, and then shortly thereafter, I uh, got to do the best job ever and be a youth pastor. But that was only for a season, and then now I'm here in this place. How many of y'all have been in places where you realize now, as you look back at your life, that God has worked in seasons? Because I believe that there are some of us, maybe some of our students getting ready to step into seasons of your life and you feel the pressure of feeling like you need to have the next 85 years of your life figured out. Well, I gotta go to college and what about these student loans? And man, if I don't like this profession, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna be stuck for the rest of my life? And the reality is, is I believe that God calls us in seasons and that God wants to work in your season right now. But what he's gonna require and call you to is a step of faith. In fact, I wanna share this quote with you. Walter Brueggemann, and it's kind of a dense quote, so I'm going to read it a couple times. This is what it says. It says, faith as response is the capacity to embrace that announced future with such passion that the present can be relinquished for the sake of the future. Faith as response to God's call is your ability to let go of right now, to let go of your plans to let go of control and move forward with such passion because you know what's in the future. You see, in Abram's case, God gave Abram a promise and that was it. And he had to leave everything behind. And and the reality is, is that I'm just gonna be honest with you that when God calls you, it costs everything. It's going to cost everything. And you're like, oh, that's not very comfortable, David. But it's okay. Because God wants to get each and every one of us to the place where we're walking and living by faith, saying, I don't know how we're going to make it through. I don't know how we're going to get through this situation. I don't know how I'm going to accomplish this call. Except through him and what he does. That God does his best work when we're most uncomfortable. You know that? Because who gets the glory then? It's not me. It's not my own efforts. Because often what I found as it relates to our calling, and I wrote this down, 
is that the difference between a human definition of purpose and God-sized view of calling is that a God-sized view of calling realizes that in order for God's call in my life to be accomplished, God is going to identify the gap between my capabilities and his plan, and he's going to press right there. God is going to find that space where I am inadequate, where I'm not enough, where I'm not good enough to do something. And he's going to say, hey, you know that area that you don't want to give me because you feel inadequate? I want all of it. And I'm going to use that to accomplish my purpose in the world through you. Have you walked in that? You see, the reality is, is I don't think we have a call issue. I think sometimes we have a faith issue. I think we kind of deep down in our hearts know what God is calling us to do and wants us to do, but God, I don't want to take the step that's going to be required of me to do that. God, what about my inadequacies? God, I'm a hurt and broken person. What is that? Uh, How could you use me to accomplish your call? And so the good news, if you're here today and you have gaps in your life, If you feel weak, inadequate, you feel hurting, you feel broken, you're exactly where God wants you to be to use you. Because a lot of times we say things to God like, all right, God, once I get this squared away in my life, then I'm going to follow your call. Then I'm going to live for you. Then I'm going to take that faith step. But God, let me take care of this thing first. But I always love what, uh, I think Pastor Mark's in here. He always says, God doesn't call the qualified, but qualifies the call. That you don't have to be perfect to have everything figured out. In fact, God likes it when you're not perfect and don't have everything figured out because he wants to use you for his glory. And I have a scripture in Romans chapter 4 that I, I want to share with you. Romans chapter 4, verse 17, talking about Abraham, it says, This is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. I'm gonna read that again. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. That as it relates to our call and our gaps and our inadequacies and our pain and our brokenness, that God likes to take that nothingness and create something brand new, that God is wanting to do a new thing in your situation. Because I've often found, and this might be an opinion-based thing too, but that oftentimes the places of our greatest pains and failures are the things that God likes to redeem from nothingness and start something brand new out of that oftentimes your sense of purpose and calling will come out of that place of nothingness and brokenness, and God is saying, hey, I'm gonna take that thing and use it. And so if I was gonna sit across from you in my office and you were gonna say, what's my call, I'd probably ask about your life. And I would find out very quickly the things that have happened in your life that have hurt you and that you're passionate about, and that's probably where we would start when we talk about the specific call of God on your life. That God likes to create new things out of nothing and out of terrible situations, but it's going to require an act of faith. You see, I'm gonna end our time together in the uh, Gospel of Matthew chapter 14, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. 
where Jesus had sent his disciples across the lake and these guys were experienced fishermen and Jesus had stayed on one side of the lake and Jesus does Jesus things and they were doing disciple things, right? Which means that Jesus did fearless, amazing things and they were afraid. (laughs) Sounds like us. And they're in the boat and it's late at night and the wind picks up and the waves are crashing over the boat. It's kind of a terrifying situation. And Jesus decides he's done on one side of the lake and Jesus just starts walking across the water. Okay, how many kids here, when you were a kid, tried that on the swimming pool? I'm like, Jesus did it, I'm doing it! Sink every time. And the Bible tells us that they look out and they weren't sure what to think because it looked like a ghost. They were absolutely terrified. Like, who, like, walks and hovers over the water, right? And so I had this, like, ghost experience in my house the other day. Kind of. It's about two in the morning, I'm laying there, and I hear the screaming coming down the hallway of my five-year-old. And I hear, what? 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 No! Ah! You know, being dad, I, I jump out of bed, I'm like, whatever's out there is going to die right now. And I run into his room, and there was his little nightlight behind a pile of clothes on the dresser, and he was sitting up staring at it, thinking there was this figure in his room. And so I grabbed that pile of clothes, threw him on the ground, and stomped on him. I'm kidding. That would have been cool, though. But I said, hey, it's okay. There's nothing here. You have no need to be afraid. And I think that as it relates to our calling, there's such fear sometimes But I said, Dad's here. Let me cover you back up. You can go to sleep. And I I look at the disciples in the boat because there's this response from Peter. (laughs) Peter. Looks at Jesus and says, Jesus, if you're not a ghost, if you are real, call me out on the water. Call me to walk to you. And Jesus looks at him and he says, come. And it hit me as I was talking and preparing and thinking about calling and having conversations this week. Is that we live in a world that thinks that calling is this. God, if you're real, to anyone that will answer me, are you there, God? Would you pick up? Or or maybe... We view calling to say it's like this. God, I'm just going to wait on you. I'm going to wait for you to speak. I need you to speak. I need you to say something. God, would you call me eventually? And then eventually you may hear something that you think is God or it's bad pizza, but you're not sure. And then you try to base your life off of it. And that's not exactly what calling is. You see, calling is this. Calling is Jesus saying, hang the phone up. That thing that I'm calling you to and to walk through, I'm not sending you out on your own. But I'm calling you out of the boat into the waves and you're gonna walk to me. That calling is this agreement between us and Jesus that we walk together towards the places that God has for us, towards his promises to a place where you say, I'm letting go of control. God, I don't know how we're gonna get there, but we're gonna get there. And Jesus says, yes, you can. Come with me, we're gonna do it together.
And so church, I'm going to ask you to stand right now. We're going to sing an oldie but a goodie. And I want you to think where God is calling you. Is God calling you out of the boat into the waves? What would it look like for you to trust him? Maybe for someone here, what would it look like for you to trust Jesus for the very first time? That the most basic calling is that God calls us into relationship with himself. And if you feel like you've been separated in relationship from God, after we worship and sing this song, I want you to pray and listen to the lyrics as we worship along. I'm going to come up and we're going to close in prayer. Leaving you with this question. What's he calling you to do? Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. Stay connected with us at the naz.church.